Good evening. I'm Angela Cocott. You're listening to On Point. The We Charities Fall from Grace was very public. An organization that was founded by Toronto brothers Craig and Mark Hilberger aimed at helping bring schools to third world countries went down in flames after being caught up in a political scandal involving a program that was supposed to help Canadian students with summer jobs in the first year of the pandemic. And that was just the beginning. An insider's look at the rise and fall with questions on how key politicians like Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, former Finance Minister Bill Morneau, managed to avoid having any of the controversy stick to them, is outlined in a new book called What We Lost, Inside the Attack on Canada's Largest Charity. Its author is Tafik Rangwala, a Toronto-born lawyer who was on We Charities Board. Tafik, thank you so much for your time this evening. Thank you for having me. I think it's great that we're really able to see an insider's look on this whole thing because sometimes the public only seem to get one version of it. But let's just back up. Remind us how long We Charity was formed, how it was formed, a little bit about the Kielbergers. Uh, sure. So We Charity uh, has been in existence for uh, just over 25 years. Uh, when the so-called We Charity scandal began, it was actually the same point at which the charity was celebrating its 25th anniversary. And We, we Charity started as an organization called Free the Children. It was founded by Craig Gilberger when he was 12 years old. Um, and it started as a anti-child labor movement um, that over time, Craig and his brother, Mark Kilberger, um, grew the organization and eventually it became branded as We Charity. And it had two elements. One is youth empowerment, uh, which involves basically helping young people become change makers and activists and promote volunteerism. And the other prong of it was international development work in uh, nine countries around the world doing sustainable development projects. How long had you been part of the We Charities board? Uh, so I, I was on the board for about four years, beginning in 2017 until the summer of 2021 when I stepped down from the board so I could write this book. And I remember over the years of my time in broadcasting, interviewing the Kielberger brothers, because you're right, they would have great events that really empowered students to be part of a change. Things, though, changed for the charity back in the first summer of 2020. So, again, because some people just think we charity, oh, it's not, you know, it had all this controversy around it. We, we kind of forget the nuts and bolts. What was happening in the summer of 2020 that got caught up, that we charity got caught up in? Right. Well, well, the uh, the genesis of, um, you know, the what became known as the We Charity Scandal was um, a program called the Canada Student Service Grant. And what it was, was a pro program conceived by the Canadian government to help students um, make ends meet in the first summer of the pandemic by providing grants for students who volunteered with nonprofits so that they could help defray the costs of, you know, secondary, post-secondary education in a summer where jobs might be scarce uh, because of the pandemic. And We Charity was uh, tasked with administering this program. Um, and the government approached We Charity and, and asked if it would submit a proposal uh, to administer this program uh, in part, in large part, because that's what We Charity does. It essentially brings young people together with volunteering opportunities. 
Um, but when We Charity was awarded the grant um, or administration of the grant, it quickly became a, a political lightning rod. And that's because opposition parties alleged cronyism and pointed to ties between the charity and um, Justin Trudeau, members of his family and others within the liberal government and suggested that um, that somehow we charity uh, you know had been awarded administration of this contract improperly um and you know it quickly quickly moved from there um into a, a full-blown uh, affair that not just focused on the government but but quickly turned on we charity as well well and in the early days when that the cssg the canada student services grant was released we thought all right yeah this is the first summer um we could understand it had to be put together very quickly it made sense but then there was questions of this was the only charity that the government had approached and i think correct me if i'm wrong within your book you wanted to correct that version so Tell me about We Charity's involvement in being chosen and its awareness as to whether or not other charities were being approached. Yeah, so so my understanding, uh, and some, some of this is derived from my tenure as a board member at We Charity, and some of this is derived from my investigation, where I really looked into all of these issues closely because I was you know, so concerned about what was happening that I really wanted to understand all the facts. Uh, my understanding is that the that um, the government approached We Charity and, and asked it to, to run this program. We Charity uh, were asked it to submit a proposal to run this program. And We Charity did that. Um, and, and all the while, We Charity had no understanding of what processes existed within the government to you know, engage with other organizations. It uh, believed, based on information that was provided, that other organizations were being considered that others were also similarly submitting proposals and that, you know, it started with We Charity just potentially handling one aspect of the program and then gradually ballooned in size and scope uh, with We Charity being, you know, the sole administrator. But We Charity had no visibility into how the government procurement process was working or how cabinet level decisions were being made about which organization would run this program and whether We Charity was the right organization to do it. Tafik Rangwala is my guest this evening. He is the author of What We Lost, Inside the Attack on Canada's Largest Charity. He was a board member on We Charity throughout this. So when we talk about government's decision, finding out that it was in fact sole sourced contract that as you say, we wasn't aware of. The big question that you raise and reporters at the time did as well as to why Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, whose family was very attached to the charity throughout its years, didn't recuse itself from the the decision-making process. Get into that for us. Yeah. You know, it's hard, it's hard for me to speak to why uh, Prime Minister Trudeau did or did not recuse himself or, or whether he should have. Um, I think, you know, I think reasonable people can form different views about what should have happened there. Um, and obviously, that's been the subject of a, a lot of scrutiny. From, from the We Charity perspective, um, and, and I'm not on We Charity anymore, or part of We Charity anymore, but based on my investigation, We, we Charity had no insight into whether Prime Minister Trudeau recused himself. It certainly was very public about the fact that Justin Trudeau had spoken on the We Day stage. Uh, it was very public and, in fact, would have wanted everybody to know that Finance Minister Morneau had gone on international trips. And We Charity always viewed itself as politically agnostic. It 
wanted to court support uh, and enthusiasm for the programs it was running for young people and educators from all political parties. And you know, it engaged with liberals and conservatives and members of the NDP party, um, it, but, but it had no, no insight into whether this particular government, you know, whether prime minister was recusing himself or not. That then led to so many more questions and ultimately a deeper investigation into We Charity. Do you think We Charity could have survived if, um, well, I'm, I'm thinking back to the CSSG, but that led to a lot of questions about We Charity's financing and the Me to We social enterprise it looked like the charity really was on a path of downfall at that point. Yeah. So, so I, I think that's, um, you know, my investigation has, has revealed that to be a myth that I think was perpetuated by a lot of politicians and, uh, and picked up by the media in most cases, unquestioningly. And, and, and the reality is that like many organizations during COVID, I think we charity, um, and me to we, its social enterprise partner, had to scale back, uh, had to lay people off. Um, certainly, it had an impact, but I don't think there's any evidence that we charity was in dire financial straits or that it needed any kind of, you know, support that would be gained through running the CSSG. And in fact, it was quite the opposite. Um, the charity was actually quite reluctant to take on a program this size, given all of its other commitments internationally during the COVID pandemic. And I talk a lot about that in the book. Um, and so, so, you know, a lot of what happens, a lot of what I cover in this book is an effort to set the record straight and really make sure that all of the facts come out because they were really left out of the public discourse. And I think many people in Canada um, have a real misunderstanding and a misperception of why We Charity was chosen to run this program and We Charity's role in that selection process. Do you question, though, how Justin Trudeau and Bill Morneau, their political careers didn't seem to be impacted by this? Um, well, well, obviously, the finance minister, Morneau, did resign. So I, so I, I guess you could say he was pretty yes. impacted. Um, but, 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 you're, but you're right that um, the prime minister continues in that role and, and I guess has, has passed through it. And I think really the key point in my book is that really all of the politicians, whether that's, um, whether that's Prime Minister Trudeau or you know, members of the conservative and NDP parties who fueled a lot of the fire, all, all of them have done quite well. The, the only party that has really suffered is We Charity. And one of the things I talk about in this book, and that's why it's called What We Lost, is I think very few people have taken stock of what the consequences it, uh, are of We Charity in Canada being forced to close down. Uh, that means that Canadian children in over 7,000 schools are impacted in terms of no longer having the same access to programs on things like bullying or mental health. Uh, it means that many, many people in impoverished countries will go without clean water or access to schools, or women will go without you know, entrepreneurship programs in you know, um, villages in Kenya. And it it's really was very sad and frustrating to me that there was so little attention paid to educators and students and you know, international communities in the dialogue about We Charity. That, that was completely forgotten. And so one of the purposes of my book is really to give space to those voices that were never heard and that were ignored um, so that Canadians can take stock of what was lost 
and then ask the hard question, was it worth it? And did politicians and the media, you know, serve the interests of Canadians uh, by causing the loss of this institution in Canada that had been around for 25 years and had been lauded as doing so much great work? Well, at least you've got the book there for people to read and come to their own conclusions. Tafik, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I really appreciate you having me. Thank you. Tafik Rangwala, author of What We Lost, Inside the Attack on Canada's Largest Charity. I'm Angela Coca. You're listening to On Point.